0: Good morning. This is Jim Colburn of Commodity Research Group. I'm with Andy LeBeau, also of Commodity Research Group, and we're here to talk about energy markets. To learn more about us, you can check out our website, commodityresearchgroup.com, where we post our podcasts and blog. We would like to thank our friends at EKT Interactive Oil and Gas Training for hosting this podcast. Check out their newsletters, podcasts, and learning modules at ektinteractive.com. This podcast should be construed as market commentary, merely observing economic, political, and market conditions, and is not intended to refer to or endorse any particular trading system, strategy, or recommendation. We are not responsible for trading decisions taken by anyone, especially those not intended to listen. Information is not guaranteed to be accurate. This is not an offer to buy or sell any derivative. Today is May 12th. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, Jim. I just want to start out. uh, You know, we just we haven't talked to to each other in about a month on on the podcast, and um, there was a telling uh, stat or event on um, April 21st. This would be the day after that prices went negative, where a 50 cent put traded four dollars, and what what that did was it basically blew up the Black Scholes option model. Black-Scholes model assumes prices can't go negative, and here's a zero-put trading for more than, you know, four, $4. So basically, if you did the implied volatility calculation on that thing, uh, you're getting, it either blows up or you get some crazy thousand, uh, many thousands of, of uh, uh, vowel points as a, as a solution. My point is that this... World that we're in now has gives everyone an oh my god type of statistic. You know, if you're a macroeconomist, maybe it's the uh, weekly claims data or the unemployment numbers. Uh, but for me, it was to see this uh, uh, option model. Now, it, it, the model itself has had problems, and you know, it's it's a mathematical model trying to replicate real what's going on in reality, and obviously, it, it, it's failed many times in the past. But this was this is a major uh, a failure of the model, but um, anyway, kind of describes the kind of market we're in. And to uh, bring it to today, we, I, I thought I saw another stat that was interesting in the, the weekly EIA petroleum numbers, and that was in Cushing, Oklahoma, we saw an actually a draw in crude oil. And I just, let's start out with, you know, what is that all about?
1: Well, good morning, Jim, and uh, hello to uh, everybody. It's been a pretty eventful uh, month. But before I start uh, to talk about Cushing, so Jim, on that fifty cent put, yeah, yeah. what's your break even?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, <laughs> well, it's my, minus uh, three fifty, right?
1: Yeah, minus three fifty.
0: Yeah, 350. yeah no, so no, yes,
1: somebody was willing to pay four dollars, right? And right. thinking that crude was going to go back to, to minus 3 minus 350.
0: Yes, now the minus uh, $40 price that we saw the previous day there were the, the option markets had already expired so there, you know you you couldn't even if you had a negative you know or a zero struck put you wouldn't have made money because it was gone. However, the uh, spread options had about 63,000 open interest that uh, puts that were deep, deep in the money, and I think people, I think people missed that. They saw a lot of open interest. Like I, I think we went into the, that day with about hundred thousand contracts open on on the May contract, not really realizing that maybe maybe sixty, close to sixty five thousand were already spoken for. So it wasn't as uh, liquid. And then of course, you know, you have I don't know how you can have somebody with uh, maybe thirty cents in their account. Trading hundreds of lots of a contract that has two days to go, but but it looks like there was some of that going on around the world that these day traders were uh, were still in the market and, and got caught. So anyway, um,
1: yeah, I, I think uh, I think there's definitely a, a failure to uh, police on that uh, by. You know the FCMs, the exchanges, the CFTC, whoever you want to, whoever you want to blame, but
0: and the uh, individuals. I mean, the the
1: individuals, they, right, yeah. who didn't understand what they were, uh, what they were trading.
0: This is this is a layup in risk management. I don't, you know, you, you gotta be, it's, you gotta be kidding me that these folks are allowed to uh, trade that that close to expiration. We didn't even want our our major oil customers doing that unless they had you know, some, some interest in the, in the delivery process. We wanted them out um, right. as well. And these guys were well-capitalized. So, right, yeah, it was, a, it was a debacle all around. A
1: debacle uh, all around. But. I don't
0: know if we want to do this on this podcast, but I, but I guess with all your experience in these markets, as, my question is, has the, has the collective IQ gotten better or, or worse or unchanged? <laughs> you know, is it?
1: Well, <laughs> That's an excellent question. Is it better, worse, or uh, unchanged? Well, I, I think the more we learn, the more we, uh, the more we don't know, right? And yeah. uh, uh, You know, I think you and I have been around for a long time, and we, we you know, thought we've seen, we've seen everything. And uh, I think last, last month definitely, you know, blew my mind. And as you were saying, you know, just somebody buying that put, you know, it had to have blown your mind and, and uh, you know, just, just an, an unbelievable series of events. Yeah. That, that could, you know, who knows? It, it could happen again.
0: You, you know, in, in previous uh, podcasts, we, you, you say often that anything is possible. And I know when we had Andy Furman on, we talked about the possibility of prices going negative. And I, and I think we came out of that. Discussion is yes, they could because we've seen them in like grades and other commodities. Uh, it happened, but but even if we thought it, it, it was a low probability, we attached, and also we never would have said even uh, minus forty price or minus thirty seven. You know, so I think uh, that was an oh my god moment for sure.
1: That was definitely an oh my god moment. You know, right up there with some of the other oh my god moments, and well, you know, yeah. in the 40 year history of, uh, of, uh,
0: yeah, I, I recall a, uh, during the Gulf War one where somebody on the floor called me to say they had a, somebody was short, a put spread. It was like a, I don't know, four or $5 wide put spread and the market was collapsing and they wanted to pay more than what the put spread was worth. And it would ever be worth. And, and the trader and this broker said, "You know, if I ever executed it at that price, I'd, I'd go directly to jail." Because, you know, <laughs> right, right. But uh, yeah, so I thought that was Gulf War One was probably uh, the closest to this. But this is, you know, we've talked about this before. It's uh, the double whammy of uh, a supply shock and a demand shock. You know, it's you know, you take the um, the major oil companies or in, in some ways were internally hedged where they they not not off the, they're around the world in a lot of different businesses natural gas chemicals so you know if if one part of their business was not doing so well there's probably something else that was doing well uh it's not the case right now so um anyway with that let's talk about what's going on now
1: yeah, let's, let's talk about what's going on now because there, there's uh, been some changes even since we went negative, certainly, I think the big, on both sides, on both the supply and the demand side, you know, we're, we're seeing some, uh, you know, some positive developments. Um, perhaps to me, the most positive development has been these production cuts not only by the OPEC and OPEC plus countries, but by the non-OPEC countries who aren't part of uh, that group, and in particular, the U.S. and Canada. U.S. production on a weekly basis probably peaked at, uh, weekly it was 13.1. Monthly, it's probably going to be 12.9. And in this week's weekly petroleum status report, uh it was down to uh, eleven six so that, that's already down one point five from the you know the highest weekly and one point two from the um you know h- highest monthly the e i a is saying that we're gonna decline um another three or four hundred thousand barrels a day in the in the short term that was in the um short term energy outlook and we're going to continue to decline to 10.7 million barrels a day low in March of, uh, of 21, uh, which would be down, you know, over 2 million barrels a day. Some people are saying that that, that could be faster. You know, the decline could be, the declines could be faster than that. They, Reuters, they,
0: a, they have a six-month lag that, I mean, they roughly say prices and production show a six-month lag.
1: So. Yeah, but that's not been the case here. Right. So you know, because production has just fallen right off the shelf. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it's happened in, in all the, you know, in the Bakken and the Permian. Uh, and besides the U.S., Canada as well, the production could be down a million barrels a day by uh, mid year. And I think, you know, we're seeing that in the some of these grades uh, on the physical market, like West like the heavy canadian grade wcs it's only like two dollars under cushing that would that was like 15 to 20 dollars under uh earlier in the year uh and again i think that that's a, that's a fat, the factor is production is down in this room on the pipelines you know similarly um the the midland's gotten really strong and and uh the houston grade is is well that's wti houston but you know, all these grades are, are picking up. And, you know, as you mentioned, Jim, we saw stocks draw at Cushing when all we've been talking about is, is stocks building and building. And I think the reason we were talking about stocks building and building, at least, you know, in, in some of the th- in my own balances, you know, I didn't have production down quite that fast. So that, that's, you know, that, that's been supportive. No, no question that that's been supportive.
0: Yeah. And, you know, when you look at the, um, again, going back to those commodity spread options, the flow that we've seen since, you know, basically April was just a turnaround. People started liquidating those puts and and, um, we've seen strips of uh, plus 25 cent calls in 2020, but also 2021. So that's kind of, if you're buying that call, you're betting for backwardation to come back uh, very soon. And I mean, there's, there's still oil out there, right? Or is, are we going, are we just flipping right into backwardation again?
1: No, I don't. Uh, well, anything's possible. Yeah. Could this go backward dated? if we can go to minus 40, you know, yeah, the, the structure could go backward dated. I don't think it will. Uh, because even though we had a draw inventories are, are still high, uh, there is 40 million barrels of, of Saudi crude on the, on the way, uh, there's been some delay in bringing that crude into um, I- into the refineries, uh, owing to some shipping, you know, some shipping issues uh, from taking barrels from VLCCs onto smaller ships to the refineries, and uh, those smaller ships are a little bit, you know, they- they've been harder to find, so there- there've been delays on that. But they're out there. They're you know they're they're coming. And, um, the other thing we're seeing is runs, you know, crude runs were down this week. So demand, at least from a crude runs perspective, you know, is still, is still struggling. There, there is an improvement, no question on end user demand. and And that makes sense. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the country's opening up slowly, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, the, the gasoline demand numbers are, are, uh, increasing, uh, diesel demand is up. They're still dreadful, you know, <laughs> compared to where yeah. they, to, compared to where they could be or, were last year. And, um, you know, the, the, we still have, we have a way long way to go.
0: So, so just a quick, uh, perspective, um, gas demand is running about now what at what levels compared to last year would you say
1: we're running um well this last last weekly and again you know you can't can't get that crazy about a weekly but the last weekly was 7.7 million barrels a day the the EIA is saying that may demand uh may 20 demand should average 7.24 Last year, May was 9.4. So we're running, you know, good. If that 7.24 hole, yeah. you know, is right. Yeah. You know, we're, we're running, what is that, over 2 million barrels a day below last year. And I, I think it's even, you know, it's going to end up being lower. Now, in April, we were running about almost 4 million barrels a day. I, I mean April sing, April was the worst month probably ever. Uh I shouldn't say ever. I mean maybe right. in the 1860s right. or when, or yeah, during yeah. the depression right, right? it might have been worse but you know April in, uh, by every measure was one of the wor- one of the worst months if not the worst month ever. You know on, on both the supply and the demand side. Yeah
0: I've actually uh filled up my uh tank in May. I didn't do it I didn't touch yeah. in april you know? Right. so, so yeah
1: yeah it's definitely opening up but you know whether or not gasoline demand is is going to uh, get back to last year's levels i, th- I think it's going to take a lo- you know long time yeah, if I ever saw, if i saw ever.
0: One of, i saw one of those uh, TSA. somebody put a and one of the stories was about a, the tsa uh, activity in at the airports and they and they show they're talking about the green shoots and it was They had a beautiful chart showing how it's bottomed and now it's moving higher. And then in the same story, they mentioned, however, it's still down 90 percent from last year. So exactly, so it's looking looking better coming off of a dismal number.
1: Right. That's that's exactly right. And um, you know, maybe maybe this summer we we start seeing what the EIA is saying is demand is only going to be down a million barrels a day from last year. Over, over the summer, I mean, maybe, maybe they're thinking, you know, people are going to drive on vacations. But, you know, that, that again, is going to be predicated on, you know, what happens with the, with the virus and hotels and parks and, and everything else. But nevertheless, yeah, demand is improving and supply is being cut. And, you know, hence prices have been moving higher. That's, I guess, the good news. The bad news is even though we saw a draw, drawn cushion, we're still, you know, way oversupplied. And, um, you know, both products are, are way over. The diesel, I'll talk about diesel in a minute, but, you know, products are way oversupplied. And the and EIA also says that in the short-term energy outlook, Jim, they also say that crude stocks are just going to balloon. In May and June, you know they have they have stocks getting up to 580 million from I I don't know I think we're five you know in the five thirties now by by June Uh, I don't think that's right either but you know if it is then then we're you know we're back to bigger contangos and we're we're back to talking about containment problems
0: yeah we're we're kind of in the eye of a hurricane maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, even though we're seeing improvements, all is not uh, you know, it, it's it's going to be difficult for, for this market to really sustain a uh, you know, sustain much more of an up, uptrend in my in my opinion. I mean, the other the other thing, let, let's talk about structure for a little bit. There's 100 there's 150 200 million, you know, people have different numbers of floating storage out there. Right. What happens when the market goes, if, if the market goes backward dated?
0: Right. That just, yeah, that either puts a lid on it so it doesn't go backward dated or it just, just comes off the market.
1: Right. I right. mean, the, all, these, all, this, all these ships are going <laughs> to <gonna> try to <laughs> unload at the same time. Right.
0: Now, and, you know, I was be, wondering.
1: It'll be ugly. And that's another, you know, that's another problem with this with this market really, you know, really sustaining itself.
0: I was going to say, I wonder if that is the, you know, the Saudis cut another million barrels. Is it because they, you know, you wonder how much of a, if it is it policy or, or they're seeing seeing the reality or both, where where they 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 don't have ships to fill fill anymore and they don't have uh, customers to buy there's stuff in there. Oh, we have to cut them. We better cut a million barrels. So, um,
1: Oh, I'm sure that's the case. You know, you know I don't think it's, uh, I, I think it's, you, you well, know, how they, they operate, you know, they'll, they'll, they always talk about how they'll give what the market, you know, what their customers will demand. Right. Um, so it's, it's certainly possible that that million barrels a day was because this is not enough demand for their crude. Now, you know, if you look at Asia, China has come back and that, that's, that's good. But, you know, India runs will increase, but, you know, it, that's another interesting, you know, they're talking about Indian, Indian demand increasing by 25% in uh, May over April, but it was cut by 50%. So oh, right. it, it's going to increase, but it's, you know, it's from a much, much lower yes. level.
0: Do you want to talk about Gasoline versus distillate. I mean, gasoline looks like it's starting to draw. Distillate was, was doing well now. It looks like, it, it looks like they flipped or starting to flip in terms of um, you know, stock levels, distillate growing, and now
1: gasoline declining. You know, Jim, I looked at one of your favorite spreads. Uh, heat, to heat to gas? Right before our podcast, the, the heat to gas spread you know, affectionately known as the Widowmaker. And it went from gasoline in April, 55 cents under diesel to gas five cents over diesel. So it had a 60 cent spread, a 60 cents change. And that's, uh, you know, the June contract. So (laughs) it's, Yeah. And, you know, what happened is for uh, it's really a a function of uh, jet fuel because, you know, no jet fuel demand is is been crushed. As you mentioned, you know, the airlines are talking about their demand being off 90 to 95 percent. Flights are down 50 percent. You know, the number of uh, airplanes flying is down 50 percent. So. If I'm if I'm a refiner and storage was running out at the at the airports, so if I'm a refiner, I I, I can't make jet fuel, you know. And what what do I make? I'm going to make diesel if I can't, you mm-hmm. know. And, and um, diesel demand in March and and April was pretty good because you know everybody was there was still. People were stocking up on everything. They were panicking in, in the, um, you know, in, as, as we all went into um, quarantine, you know, everybody was panicking buying toilet paper.
0: Right. So,
1: you know, how do, we, how do we get that to the stores? Well, trucks.
0: Trucks you know, are moving.
1: Diesel, right. Trucks are yeah. moving. Diesel demand was great. And, and the cracks farmers were great. Playing. Yep. Farmers they weren't great. Yeah. Farmers. Yeah. They weren't great, but they yeah. were better than gasoline because no one was driving. Right. So, here's an amazing here's an amazing thing. Even though crude runs were down, I think it's 3 million barrels a day last month from a year ago, we were making more diesel than we did last year. Wow. Yeah. I mean, just 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 an unbelievable. Wow. So, you know, at refiners the- were cranking out were cranking out diesel at the expense of gasoline. Expensive gas, uh, jet fuel mostly, and gas. Well, yeah, the gasoline yields were, were low as well. So, you know, we made too much diesel. Diesel stocks built, and gasoline stocks have, have been drawing as, as gasoline has come back, and, you know, the, the um, heat and gas spreads have completely went, went the other way. Now, is that going to continue? This week, diesel production was down and gasoline production was up so you know we'll we'll see. we'll see right we'll see but until i think until jet fuel you know i think refiners are still going to be making more diesel than they need you know until jet really until people start flying
0: yeah which is uh, you know i i hate to say I hate to use that term new normal because you know i never i never think of a a time when it was ever normal, you know there was never an old normal, but um, right. we, I think you're right, I think that I think that uh, people people are going to be much quicker to get in their cars and go on vacation than they will on a plane, um, at least for this year
1: yeah, but, I think yeah. you're right, I think it's going to take a long time for jet fuel to get back to uh, get back to whatever normal you know I, I think a lot of I think what we're going to see is that 2019 is going to become a baseline year, and you know we'll be comparing a lot to uh, 2019. You know, in terms of both, you know, definitely in terms of uh, demand. You know, it's a record demand year, so I, I think it'll be. You know, that's a year we're going to be looking at going forward.
0: Right. And and um, the the EIA has uh, stocks. Starting to decline pretty soon, right? I think you, did you mention that already?
1: Well, the crude stocks they have building, yeah, maybe in July and August. You know, mostly in August. I think it was July and August. They'll, yeah. they'll start drawing from a very high level, at least according to the, uh, at least according to the EIA.
0: Right, and then so we so we start sort of uh, drawing stocks. And then the the price we we've already had a pretty good price rally from from listen six six dollars yeah in the, it was
1: six uh,
0: right yeah again it's all coming off of low levels but um you know do you see the market continuing to rally through these um, next couple of months or do you see it what I mean what do you where do you see going forward let's talk about crude oil
1: uh, I. Uh, I really think that uh, it, it's going to be difficult to I mean could we move up another 2 or 3 dollars here? can can WTI get up to 30 or even you know low 30s yeah I I, I think that that's possible but, but then you're risking you know then you're risking a return to a return by US producers to the market you know those that, that have break evens in the you know mid 20s may be very sorely tempted to uh, start increasing production, you know, if we had, if we had significantly, you know, even into the low thirties, uh, we're not there yet. So, you know, that's, I think that's a worry. And uh, another worry certainly is, um, you know, any, any kind of second wave on this, uh, on this virus, um, could, could really be, uh, could really be crushing. So, you know, I think the market has corrected. I think it's right to have corrected, but you know, what, what, I think we still, Jim. I still think we have a long way to go to, you know, get back into you know, forty to you know, forty to fifty or fifty to sixty. That that's going to be, you know, a long a long way.
0: Yeah, it's it's still seeming. We talked about this, uh, I think, in the last podcast. That it's you know, you you, you almost would rather hear. Uh, what uh, Fauci has to say to tell you what's going to happen with the spreads in the outright market than the typical oil stuff we listen to. You know, I mean, it's, it's all about this getting this virus, uh, getting the numbers down and, and um, getting people, e- even, it depends on how it unfolds, but, um, you know, a lot of people aren't going to come out like they used to unless there's a vaccine. And, a, you know, even, even the flu vaccines we have now are only. 50% effective. So, you know, it has to be something really amazing to, to get us back to where we were quickly. And, and so, yeah, I guess people talk about a V shaped or a, a U shaped recovery. If we have a U shaped, then there's a chance this market, uh, you know, retraces a little bit, and even from, from these levels back down, maybe below 20.
1: It's not, yeah. I mean, it's certainly. Not out, of the, not out of the realm that, I mean, we could see a very weak expiry um, in, in June. That wouldn't, you know, that wouldn't surprise me in, in the least. I think we've, we've talked about, you know, one of June, July has had a huge rally. And, you know, one of the things that, that has contributed to that, I, I think, is that some of these small, you know, some of these funds, not small, they were big, you know, like U.S. oil um, is, is, isn't in the June, so you don't have that, you don't have that seller in the, on June, July that the, um, you know, the buyers could always rely on, you know, the people who have to roll the other way.
0: That's and interesting because
1: that liquidity is out of there.
0: I heard some of the uh, press r- reports about, um, you know, U.S. oil involved in the f- uh, minus $40 oil and I, they were gone. They weren't in May, but they were in June. And then they were in June and the right. next day they rolled about 50,000 contracts. And that, that was, you know, I wouldn't, you, you got to give them a little, uh, I don't know, not the major cause, but they were a cause of that price going down. Oh, uh, no question.
1: Six. To There's buck, no question. Six, six bucks. And then that. they rolled to like, you know, then they rolled to June 21. Right. So That's, what's happened? June 21 has gone nowhere in this rally. You know, yeah. and the yeah. rally's like, the action's in the front.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a really uh, strange product. When you, when you say, I have people say, how do you play, I, I, want, I want to play the, uh, an increase in price. Should I buy that U.S. oil fund? And, and you know, you and I and, and many of our friends, most of our friends that are in this business, they just don't look at the flat price. They look at what, what the curve looks like. So you, you, you might have a low front price, but, you know, to to... By December, it may cost you five, six dollars to roll, and unfortunately, the sort of the benchmark for this thing is always the front month price. Right. So if you if you you stay unchanged from now, you know to December, and let's say that December you're at 21 bucks, and you got in when it was front month was at 16. Say, I'm just making these numbers up. You expect that. That fund made five bucks when really it might have lost money, right? Because you have been doing a roll. You rolled up to, to that 21. It right, you know, was, right. wasn't you. So now it's, now it's kind of like buying a, what a, an, a, a swap, a long-term swap. And maybe that's a better way to do it, but I think they have to kind of somebody has to show retail investors that when they buy this thing. You, you, what's, what's the benchmark that they're using? It's, it's not the front price. It's, you know, a whole bunch of prices on this curve. And um, I think that's, it, it's, I, I've never liked, liked that thing from the get-go just because of the, it's like an illusion, you know?
1: Yeah. Well, it's been, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't uh, satisfied its goals. Let's put it that way.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it, I guess somebody, somebody wrote in, uh, about it being, if it was a hedge fund, it's it was down something like 85 percent since inception. It would be uh, there would be no money going into it, but you know it's still, right. still yeah. tracks, it still still attracts attracts a lot of money. And and not only retail. You get you know you get a lot of pension funds and uh, large uh, money man uh, people with lots of money putting
1: right. And then you have money. people who are trying to arbit on the short side. People who are it against WTI are just going short. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, they now they've been winners. You know those <laughs> have been shorting it consistently have probably done done pretty well
0: yeah so um just a, just a couple of things the the option volume has kind of declined and and you know we if, if we you know use a, a black uh vol, July is still at ninety three percent so that's a that's a huge number and um, you know bid offer spreads are wide, but it's it's uh we're just we're, we're struggling to get over a hundred thousand lots a day in this market. So it's kind of, you know, it's, it's been a non-entity and even on those uh, two days where we had the big declines, you know, one, you, you couldn't get volume over 300,000. And, um, part of that's because the front month had already gone, you know, has already gone by and people were more focused on, you know, the expiration of the futures contract than they were the options. But we saw once, once the, um, you know, Tuesday traded down to six, not only the price movement, but also, as I mentioned, the possibility was in put owners and put, if you were short puts and realized you put the position on before we had negative prices and now we have negative prices, you want to get, you're pretty much going to get out of that thing. And it's, it's the whole game changed. So we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of puts trade. And uh, like on Tuesday, we saw, open interest in the calls increased by 30,000 and open interest in puts declined by 10,000, which was kind of telling. So my point is it looked like we were, you know, like a classic bottom where you had, uh, you know, people getting out of puts and getting into calls type of thing. And we've seen that kind of trading going on, not, not primarily, mostly over the last uh, week. So, so uh, on low volume. So it's kind of um, like a, if you didn't know the fundamentals and you were just looking at paper flow and volumes and stuff like that, you'd say this kind of had a little bullish flavor to it. And um, sure enough, the market's gone up. And um, I, po- I posted these things in our, in our blog and sometimes on LinkedIn. So you can, uh, if you ever get a chance, check out our, check out our blog what else, Andy? What do we? Uh, well,
1: I think we need. Let's just talk a little bit about the global balances. Yeah,
0: I was going to uh, say we did not talk about because we, we've been
1: talked a lot. We've talked a lot about you know uh, U.S. Uh, balances, yep. U.S. cushing and gasoline and diesel, but globally, again, April was a, was a catastrophe on every, you know, on on, on every level because OPEC production was OPEC and non-OPEC production went up. And demand, you know, absolutely dropped dead. Uh in fact, in this OPEC report, Jim, yep. they had the uh call on OPEC crude at, at like sixteen million barrels a day oh, in the gosh. in the um you know in the second quarter. So, yeah. you know, that, that would that would mean inventories were building by yeah. you know, twelve twelve million or something like that. Wow. Um you know, we've been I've been doing I've been doing my own balances because the the these numbers are are you know so, so unbelievable. And um, you know what what I see anyway is uh, a second quarter bill that I think was close to thirteen million barrels a day, if that's even possible, but that's what it looks like. Mm. Um, however, I think as we head into July and August, we're going to start drawing global stocks because OPEC is going to OPEC production cuts are they're significant. I mean, in April OPEC produced like thirty point three million barrels a day, and I think in May and June they're going to be down or like 23.5, 24 million barrels a day. So you know, there are definitely some big cuts coming out of OPEC, and there are big cuts coming out of uh, out of non-OPEC, mm-hmm. uh, you know, between them, I think it's going to be something like 11, 12, 13 million barrels a day. Again, it's hard with, you know, I hate being off by a million barrels a day, Jim. Listen, but, all you know, that's numbers. what we're dealing with. Yeah, you know?
0: they're always, they're, these are fluid numbers.
1: These are very fluid numbers, particularly on the demand side, because you just don't know. But third quarter and fourth quarter demand should continue to increase from the the low in April, and, you know, from second quarter, and um, you know, I, I think we're going to draw um, something like two to three million barrels a day average in the in the second half. But that's relative to a nine million barrel a day build in the first half. So I, I think we'll get through June you know, I think we'll build a little bit. July, I think it'll be flattish. And then, you know, then I think August in the second half we'll, we'll start drawing. Um, again, from a pretty high level. And, you know, on the demand side, we're not, who know. you know, can't be sure. Again, right. If there's a second wave, uh, you know, we don't know. You know, we, you know, globally, we all know we're in a recession now. How do we come out of that? Not, you know, again, not not sure, right? But you know the the fundamental picture is is definitely looks improved as we head into the as we head into the second half. But you know yeah. it's improved from catastrophic. Absolutely, April was absolutely catastrophic.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's another thing in there that um, these are really. Deep cuts that these OPEC members are making, and I guess it's Iraq is still a little slow to get, get going on theirs. But um, you know, as we start, like you said, as we start drawing, you also have the possibility that a lot of oil barrels get leaked into the oh, system. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, so, totally. Right. Um, so there's pro- probably some cap on the on the market. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Because first of all, Libya's off. I mean, Libya didn't really produce and they produced like 100,000 barrels a day in April. So, you know, there could be a million right there. They're not even in the quota. The one big surprise in non-OPEC has been Russia. Russia pledged to cut 2 million barrels a day of crude, not condensates for crude. And um, you know what? In the first week in May, they did. Mm. So that was really, you know, I, I thought there's no way. Yeah, you and know, they've been saying this whole time, uh, we can't cut because we're going to damage our fields, blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. You know, right? Uh, but they did cut, and and that that and as I said earlier, Canada, U.S., Brazil, Norway. So we're seeing some significant we're seeing significant cuts more than I thought, Jim. Way more than I thought we'd we'd see.
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to gain market share when there's no market.
1: Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right.
0: Yes. We, need, we need demand. Yeah, April is a bad month. I think even for oysters, right? Isn't a bad anything.
1: Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I, yeah, I think it is. Uh, yeah. and, uh, you know, one thing that I think these cuts have prevented is the, um, con, you know, the containment issues. You know, because now with these cuts, you know, we're not going to get. It, it's unlikely we're going to get to absolute tank tops on everything and the other thing is there's going to be there's going to be ships around you know so floating storage which doesn't pay now anyway you know if you look at the contangos but you know so you can still put stuff on ships right uh, if, if you had to but we're not we're not going to get to the absolute containment and that's i guess that's good you know that's good maybe
0: maybe Well, I know that tomorrow things will look a lot different than what we're talking about today. So we will continue to track this. And, you know, like I said, I, I put, I I talk to you pretty much every day and um, I try to post things on our blog every day. And it's usually a, uh, an interesting article that we're talking about and I'll post it or sometimes it's my own uh, uh, stuff on, on the uh, crazy world of options. And, um, but, but um you know, it's, it might be worth uh, uh, checking it out every now and then. And um, so let's let's stop it there, Andy, and we'll pick this up in another month.
1: Okay. And you can find that blog on commodityresearchgroup.com. And if you have any questions, reach out. Feel free to reach out to me, A. lebo at commodityresearchgroup.com. That's A. L. E. B. O. W at commodityresearchgroup.com.
0: And also look for Andy uh, getting quoted in in virtually every newspaper and and uh, are you doing you doing any interviews these days, Andy?
1: Um,
0: Canadians don't want you anymore.
1: They, I I was on a, a couple of months ago. Yeah, yeah, I think they they don't. You know, now that now that my uh, hair is growing back, I think they. Uh, I think they're cutting me.
0: Right. Very good. Well, till next month.
1: Okay.